You're listening to the Holy Bible One Year Challenge with master storyteller Michael Wood, featuring the easy-to-read version and used by permission from Bible Week International. Enjoy the show! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Day 170. We're continuing in the book of 1 Kings. King Solomon is building God's temple. And for those of you who are fans of architecture, you will love all the details in 1 Kings chapter 6. But Solomon has more than God's temple in mind. He decides to build a temple for himself. And that we will dedicate 1 Kings chapter 7 in describing. We are also continuing in the book of Acts. And Paul and Barnabas go to Antioch and they preach to all the Jews that are there. So you'll hear a long speech from Paul. But Paul does something a little different than we heard from other sermons. He does go through the Old Testament, you know, Jews wandering the desert and so forth and what happens after that. But then he goes into Jesus and who Jesus is, and then he connects the Old Testament with the New Testament. And remember, people did not have the Bible as you know it today. So for Paul to really connect the dots between the prophecies of the Old Testament and current events that are happening right there in the first century must have been a mind-blowing experience for the Jews living it during this time. If you enjoy the show, visit me at patreon.com forward slash storymaster. You'll find the link in the description box below. By contributing as little as $1 per month, you will enable me to continue this ministry. And you'll get cool rewards too. Together, we're going to get through the Bible in one year. Let's get started. 1 Kings chapter 6. Solomon builds the temple. So in the month of Ziv, the second month of the year, during Solomon's fourth year as king, he began work on the temple for the Lord. This was 480 years after the Israelites left Egypt. The temple was 27 meters long, 9 meters wide, and 13 and a half meters high. The porch at the front of the temple was 9 meters across, the same as the width of the temple. It was 4.5 meters wide. The temple walls had narrow openings that were smaller on the outside than on the inside. A row of rooms was built against the outside wall of the main part of the temple. These rooms were all the way around this part of the building. This row of rooms was three stories high. The wood beams that held up these side rooms rested on ledges built out from the temple wall, so they were not fastened to the temple wall itself. The rooms on the bottom floor were just over two meters wide. The rooms on the middle floor were almost three meters wide. The rooms on top were just over three meters wide. The stones were completely finished before they were brought into the temple area, so there was no noise of hammers, axes, or any other iron tools at the temple. The entrance to these rooms was on the bottom floor at the south side of the temple. Inside there were stairs that went up to the second floor and from there to the third floor. Solomon had the workers put up a ceiling to complete the main part of the temple building. The ceiling was made from cedar beams and planks. Then they finished building the rooms around the temple. Each of the three stories was just over two meters tall. The cedar beams above these rooms rested on edges around the temple wall. The Lord said to Solomon, If you obey all my laws and commands, 
I will do for you what I promised your father David. I will live among the people of Israel in this temple that you are building, and I will never leave the people of Israel. When the stonework on the temple was finished, Solomon had the stone walls inside the temple covered with cedar boards from floor to ceiling. Then the stone floor was covered with pine boards. The workers built an inner room nine meters long in the back part of the temple. It was called the most holy place. It covered the walls with cedar boards from floor to ceiling. In front of the most holy place was the main part of the temple. This room was 18 meters long. They covered the walls in this room with cedar boards so that none of the stones could be seen. They carved designs of flowers and gourds into the cedar. The inner room at the back of the temple was for the box for the Lord's agreement. This room was nine meters long, nine meters wide, and nine meters high. Solomon had the walls covered with pure gold. The cedar altar was also covered with gold, as was the inside of the temple. He had gold chains put across the entrance to the most holy place, which was also covered with pure gold. So the inside of the temple was completely covered with gold, including the altar in front of the most holy place. The workers made two statues of winged creatures. They made the statues from olive wood and put them in the most holy place. Each angel was 4.5 meters tall. Both winged creatures were the same size and built the same way. Each one had two wings. Each wing was just over two meters long. From the end of one wing to the end of the other wing was 4.5 meters, and each winged creature was 4.5 meters tall. They put the winged creatures beside each other in the most holy place. Their wings touched each other in the middle of the room. The other two wings touched each side wall. The two winged creatures were covered with gold. The walls around the main room and the inner room were carved with designs of winged creatures, palm trees, and flowers. The floor of both rooms was covered with gold. The workers made two doors from olive wood. They put these doors at the entrance of the most holy place. The frame around the doors was made with five sides. They made the two doors from olive wood. The workers carved designs of winged creatures, palm trees, and flowers on the doors. Then they covered the doors with gold. They also made doors for the entrance to the main room. They used olive wood to make a square door frame. There were two doors made from pine. Each door had two parts that folded together. They carved designs of winged creatures, palm trees, and flowers on the doors. Then they covered them with gold. Then they built a wall around the inner courtyard. Each wall was made from cut stone and cedar timbers. One row of timbers followed every three rows of stones. They started working on the Lord's temple in the month of Ziv, the second month of the year. This was during Solomon's fourth year as king of Israel. The temple was finished in the month of Bull, the eighth month of the year. In Solomon's eleventh year as king, it took seven years to build the temple. It was built exactly as planned. 1 Kings chapter 7, verses 1-22 through 22. King Solomon also built a palace for himself. It took 13 years to build Solomon's palace. One building, called the Forest of Lebanon House, was 44 meters long, 22 meters wide, and 13.5 meters high. It had four rows of cedar pillars. On top of each pillar was a cedar 
capital. There were cedar beams going across the rows of pillars. There were 15 beams for each section of pillars, making a total of 45 beams. On top of these beams, there were cedar boards for the ceiling. There were three rows of windows across from each other on the side walls. There were three doors at each end. All the doorways and windows had rectangular frames. Solomon also built the Hall of Pillars. It was 22 meters long and 13.5 meters wide. Along the front was a porch with a covering supported by pillars. He also built a throne room where he judged people. He called this the Judgment Hall. The room was covered with cedar from floor to ceiling. Behind the Judgment Hall was a courtyard. The palace where Solomon lived was built around that courtyard and looked like the Judgment Hall. He also built the same kind of palace for his wife, the daughter of the king of Egypt. All these buildings were made with expensive blocks of stone. The stones were cut to the right size with a saw and then smoothed on front and back. These expensive stones went from the foundation all the way up to the top layer of the wall. Even the wall around the courtyard was made with expensive blocks of stone. And the foundations were made with large expensive stones. Some of the stones were 4.5 meters long and the others were 3.5 meters long. On top of these stones, there were other expensive stones and cedar beams. There were walls around the palace courtyard and around the courtyard and porch of the Lord's temple. The walls were built with three rows of stone and one row of cedar timbers. King Solomon sent for a man named Huram, who lived in Tyre, and brought him to Jerusalem. Huram's mother was an Israelite from the tribe of Naphtali. His father, who was from Tyre, had been skilled in making things from bronze. Aram was also very skilled and experienced in working with bronze. He came and did all the work King Solomon gave him to do. Aram made two bronze pillars for the porch. Each pillar was eight meters tall and more than five meters around. The pillars were hollow and their metal walls were over 75 millimeters thick. He also made two bronze capitals that were just over two meters tall. He put these capitals on top of the pillars. He made two nets of chains to decorate the capitals on top of the two pillars. Then he made two rows of bronze pomegranates. He put the bronze pomegranates on the nets of each pillar, covering the capitals at the top of the pillars. The capitals on top of the pillars were shaped like flowers and were almost two meters tall. The capitals were on top of the pillars above the bowl-shaped net. There were 200 pomegranates and rows all around the capitals. Aram put these two bronze pillars at the porch of the temple. One pillar was put on the south side of the entrance, and one was put on the north side of it. The pillar on the south was named Jachin. The pillar on the north was named Boaz. They put the flower-shaped capitals on top of the pillars, and the work on the two pillars was finished. Acts chapter 13, verses 13 to 41. Paul and the people with him sailed away from Paphos. They came to Perga, a city in Pamphylia. There John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem. They continued their trip from Perga and went to Antioch, a city near Pisidia. On the Sabbath day, they went into the Jewish synagogue and sat down. The law of Moses and the writings of the prophets were read. Then the leaders of the synagogue sent someone to tell Paul and Barnabas, Brothers, 
If you have a message of encouragement for the people here, let us hear it. Paul stood up, raised his hand to get their attention, and said, People of Israel, and all you others who worship the true God, please listen to me. The God of Israel chose our ancestors, and during the time our people lived in Egypt as foreigners, he made them great. Then he brought them out of that country with great power, and he was patient with them for 40 years in the desert. God destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan and gave their land to his people. All this happened in about 450 years. After this, God gave our people judges to lead them until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, son of Kish, from the tribe of Benjamin. He was king for 40 years. Then God removed Saul from the throne and made David their king. God said good things about David. He said, I have chosen the man that I want, David, son of Jesse. He will do everything I want him to do. As he promised, God has brought one of David's descendants to Israel to save his people. That descendant is Jesus. Before Jesus came, John told all the people of Israel what they should do. He told them to be baptized, to show they wanted to change their lives. When John was finishing his work, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not the Messiah. He is coming later, and I am not worthy to be the slave who unties his sandals. My brothers, sons in the family of Abraham, and you other people who also worship the true God, listen. The news about this salvation has been sent to us. The Jews living in Jerusalem and their leaders did not realize who Jesus was. The words the prophets wrote about him were read every Sabbath day, but they did not understand. They condemned Jesus. And when they did this, they made the words of the prophets come true. They could not find any legal reason why Jesus should die, but they asked Pilate to kill him. These Jews did all the bad things that the scriptures said would happen to Jesus. Then they took Jesus down from the cross, put him in a tomb, and God raised him up from death. And for many days after he was raised, those who had gone with Jesus from Galilee to Jerusalem saw him. They are now telling the Jewish people what they saw. We tell you the good news about the promise God made to our ancestors. We are their descendants, and God has made this promise come true for us. God did this by raising Jesus from death. We also read about this in the second psalm. You are my son. Today I have become your father. God raised Jesus from death. Jesus will never go back to the grave. 
and become dust. So God said, I will give you the true and holy promises that I made to David. But in another Psalm, it says, you will not let your holy one rot in the grave. David did God's will during the time he lived. Then he died and was buried like all ancestors and his body did rot in the grave. But the one God raised from death did not rot in the grave. Brothers, understand what we are telling you. You can have forgiveness of your sins through this Jesus. The law of Moses could not free you from your sins, but you can be free from all that guilt by believing in Jesus. So be careful. Don't let what the prophet said happen to you. Listen, you people who doubt. You can wonder, but then go away and die. Because during your time, I will do something you will not believe. You will not believe it, even if someone explains it to you. Psalm chapter 75, verses 1 through 10. For the music director to the tune, Do Not Destroy, a psalm of Asaph, a psalm. We praise you, God. We praise you because you are near to us. We tell about the amazing things you have done. God says, I have chosen a time for judgment, and I will judge fairly. The earth and all its people may shake, but I am the one who keeps it steady. To those who are proud, I say, stop your boasting. I warn the wicked, don't boast about how strong you are. Don't be so sure that you will win. Don't boast that victory is yours. There is no power on earth that can decide what will happen. God is the judge. He decides who will be important. He lifts one person up and brings another down. The Lord has a cup in his hand filled with strong wine mixed with spices. He will pour out the wine and all the wicked will drink it to the last drop. I will always tell people how great God is. I will sing praise to the God of Jacob. God says, I will take away any power the wicked have and give it to those who are good. Thank you, everyone. That was day 170. Join us for day 171. We're continuing in 1 Kings. You'll hear more details of Solomon's palace, including the melted bronze used to create something called the sea. It's basically a gigantic bathtub used for religious purposes, of course. Then Solomon calls a meeting of everybody who's anybody in Jerusalem. And he gives a speech to the crowd as the crowd brings the box of the holy agreement to place in the temple. And in the book of Acts, Paul and Barnabas are asked by the people to return to the synagogue. And so they come on the next Sabbath day. They give a message of the Lord. But the Jews there cause trouble. 
for Paul and Barnabas, and they get thrown out of town. But they dust off their feet and continue their missionary journey into the city of Iconium. We hope you enjoyed today's verses. Be sure to leave us a positive review and to share this podcast with your friends and family. Please join us for the next episode as we experience the Bible in one year. Did you know we offer online courses in creative writing, literature, and web design? Visit us at storymaster.online to learn more.